0: the expert level information entertainment education rev here we got you covered as you hit your destination climate rules everything around me Dream. for those who lost focus close your eyes and just train open your third eye now the world is your off coolest coolest show you know it's the hip-hop calls. all righty so i am super excited for this conversation with dr cecilia martinez dr martinez how are you
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Reverend?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And for the folks who don't know you, please tell who is Dr. Cecilia Martinez?
1: Well, um, first of all, Cecilia Martinez. (laughs) My official new position is a unique one. It's the Senior Director for Environmental Justice in the Council for Environmental Quality. So I start with that because I have to just pay homage and really honor all the work of environmental justice community members and advocates and activists for the last 40 years because it's it's really their position at CEQ. Um, and I come to this work from the mountains of New Mexico, born and raised okay. in Taos, New Mexico. Um, and so this country girl is now in this position at the Council for Environmental Quality. Go figure.
0: Congratulations. That's exciting. Man, well, we, we need more country girls to be in those big positions. <laughs> so we are excited for you. Um, as you know, a lot of folks who listen to this are from Black and Brown and Indigenous communities, and they may not know what is CEQ. So what yeah. is CEQ? What does it do? And what does that matter to everyday people?
1: Yeah, well, you know, CEQ is an executive office of the president. So we are an office in the White House. Um, Our responsibility is to help carry out the president's agenda. Um, Legislatively, it was set um, in terms of being the um, office that handles NEPA. Uh, Mm. So um, it is a critical, critical agency. And I think what makes it um, most important right now for for your audience is that um, President Biden, as you know, reverend, because you were part of a lot of the discussions that that were um, happening during the campaign, um, President Biden has set a whole of government approach to environmental justice. you know previously, environmental justice was really hosted and convened by the environmental protection Agency through the last executive order that president Clinton signed. That was critical. And obviously EPA has done a tremendous job in sustaining and holding environmental justice. And now what the president has wanted is that we actually have a whole of government approach that all the agencies get involved in environmental justice, establishing environmental justice agendas, and making sure uh, that justice and equity is an integral part of their work. So all of that is now located in CEQ um, to help move this whole of government approach to environmental justice.
0: That's so important. And I can tell you from those of us who've been doing this work, we wish you and all of your colleagues the best in that. What is your definition of environmental justice?
1: So, my definition personally, and I think it's one we want to institutionalize in the government, comes from the community itself. I mean, you know that environmental justice um, from EJ communities have long been calling for a healthy environment where you work, where you live, where you play, where you pray, and where you learn or go to school. I mean, essentially, it's that we have healthy communities for everyone in all aspects of their life. Um, So I think that definition uh, um, is really essential and it shows that there's no siloing in environmental justice. Um, An environmental issue is a housing issue, is a school issue, is a cultural issue, Um, it's a workplace issue. And all of those things need to come together. So I think we're really moving on what the environmental justice community has defined as environmental justice.
0: You know, that's an important piece. You know, environmental justice is transforming between the twentieth century and the twenty-first century. Um, and so, in that definition, you know, how how do we how do we get a 21st century um, version of environmental justice, meaning with the issues of today and 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 also the foes of today, those who are obviously looking to pollute our communities.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know it, that's obviously one of the create 21st century issues is climate change. Right, you know that that is impacting, and we know that it's a it's a threat multiplier in our communities. In other words, all the all the costs and burdens that our communities are facing, EJ communities are facing, climate change just multiplies those effects. So environmental justice in the 21st century has to first and foremost deal with climate change, its impacts, and also make sure that the solutions to climate change are distributed equitably, equitably. That, In other words, that the benefits of our green investments are actually felt by our communities and felt in a way that doesn't potentially harm them in the future. I know we've, you know, EJ community constantly talks about, you know, it's good that we get these investments and we need to make sure that as a result of these investments that we're not displaced, that, you know, that gentrification and displacement doesn't end up in a way that our communities are actually moved out of these healthy places.
0: So you know, I think climate
1: change is, is definitely one. You could,
0: no, no. Yeah. Thank you. And okay. I just wanted to say that that's important. A lot of folks haven't, for many years, haven't connected the dots that climate justice is environmental justice. and Environmental justice is climate justice. So it's just so good. I'm just so excited to have somebody who's in your position who connects those dots. You don't know. That makes my, my heart just flutter um, in this aspect. And I know, Dr. Martinez, you know, over the course of your career, you have worked on everything from international projects to grassroots organizing. As early as 2008, you were writing for the Institute for Agriculture uh, Trade Policies about climate inequity and the harm of relying strictly on technology to do the work of fighting climate change and specifically about how technology is inadequate at capturing um, capturing the harm and the solution so now that you have uh, ascended uh, to the White House how will you meet this moment where real solutions supported by the community will face off against false solutions from industry and require and honestly bravery in high places
1: yeah I mean that's the quintessential question we have right how do we how do we come together? I mean, and, and, and not just in the environmental field. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I live in Minneapolis, I live in the Twin Cities. So, um, this question of how we bring people together who have had such different experiences and different values come together towards a common cause is what we have before us. And I think in, in the environmental and climate world, it's no different than in, other, in the other areas that we're working on. So it's gonna take a lot. First of all, it's gonna take, and you know that you know with my background, research. Obviously we need to have good information, good research on the impacts of the different types of solutions that we're proposing. And I think that's really an important piece that I see the administration moving on, making sure that we look at solutions and look at how these solutions will play out across different communities. That's really important. The second one is making sure our folks are at the table. So, you know, the, the White House has stood up, the White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council. Obviously there are many, many more folks in the environmental justice community that are qualified and experienced to be on the council, but it's a start. And it's a place where our community perspectives and um, folks can bring their ideas and their um, perceptions and their solutions about what is going on with the administration. And I think marrying those two things, we will now have a seat at the table where we've never had a seat at the table before, and that's critically important. And so, how do we make use of these these different mechanisms that we're putting into place now? to get at exactly the questions that you're asking.
0: No, that's so important. Um, one of the questions people in the community are asking has been around Justice 40. And so can you kind of talk about that and and what and tell them what exactly is Justice 40?
1: Yeah, Justice 40 is about delivering 40% of the benefits of investments in climate and infrastructure structure into our communities. So think about this. It's about investing in affordable and accessible energy, sustainable energy. It's about, um, clean transit, accessible transportation and transit. It's about making sure that pollution legacy, the legacy pollution that our communities are, have been experiencing is dealt with and that there's investments in that. Um, the president's plan has is all about eliminating all lead pipes and service lines in our drinking water systems. You know, a critical, critical issue for the health of our children. Um, workforce training, making sure that, um, that our communities have access to the kind of training and the kinds of jobs, union jobs, living wage jobs, um, that they can participate in a beneficial economy and a prosperous economy. Um, and then of course, lastly, it's about making sure that the infrastructure investments um, to deal with climate change impacts, that our communities, that priority communities, vulnerable communities are will be receiving the investments in that infrastructure building because as you know, many of our communities have experienced disinvestment historically and it's time to now put money into those communities to ensure, that they get to be the prosperous and self-communities that we want them to be.
0: No, Thank you for that. And I, I just want to say, you know, I, I want you and everyone there, you have to be successful. There's no, failure is not an option. You, you have to be successful. We have to have clean air. We have to have clean water. Um, as you know, a lot of folks who listen to this conversation are really from, our progressives. And they, they take a hard line. So, and I want to kind of give you one of those kind of hard line kind of questions. And so many of those activists uh, in the community are, I guess, challenging the call to build back better and more so define it as building back fossil free um, folks fighting line three and line five and, and Mountain Raleigh pipeline, Dapple. Mahalia pipeline, et cetera. In in your role, um, how will you continue the call for EJ by supporting those who are demanding that we build back fossil free?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think this is a part, right? Like we, when we talk about coming together, so we know, um, and I know, I know the EJ community feels this way too, because they've been trying to build these bridges between labor Um, and their communities, between fence line communities and labor communities. But we also know that, you know, the this economy that is built on fossil fuels has been, you know, in development for 200 years. Um, And that there are many communities out there that are also their jobs, their livelihood, their community economies are built on a fossil fuel um, base. So as we move forward we need to make sure and i think that's the environmental justice way to be inclusive i've heard over and over again from our from our folks that say we don't want to we don't want to redistribute pollution we want to make sure that everybody is healthy right and i think in the same way we don't want to redistribute economic burdens we want to make sure and lift up everything so Absolutely. Um, Part of the work that we have to do is make sure that the Build Back Better is about job creation. It's about community job creation. It's about healthy jobs. It's about making sure that those solutions um, that we have in the Build Back Better um, have the guardrails to protect the safety of our communities. All of that. That's all in a whole of government approach to environmental justice. And one of the other elements that we have in the administration is the um, environmental justice interagency council, where agencies, all the agencies have a representative on that council. And that's exactly the place where we strategize, where we talk, where we make sure that we are moving forward. And lastly, Reverend, I just want to say a new initiative that the president has put forward is an environmental justice scorecard. So what are the metrics? What are the indicators that we want to see in agencies to ensure that the federal government is moving forward on these positive solutions? And it's going to be through the development of that scorecard where we're going to be able to monitor and evaluate the progress that agencies are doing and the federal government is doing in this regard.
0: No, thank you. I just have two more questions for you. Thank you so much for your time. And I and I. You know, for me, um, well, actually, there's a little. There's a little. This, this is to to the question. You know, one, this kind of framing as patience. um, What do you What do you want us outside to have to know that we don't get fidgety when we don't see things quickly? And then I know that for you, over the years, you have laid out a roadmap to solving problems that relies. On an inside outside approach. So what in your toolkit will you lean on most heavily to do the work of this position and to keep us patient um, on the outside?
1: Yeah, really good questions. You know, I mean on I know I know we want action and we want solutions tomorrow. And um, of course, we can't we can't fault ourselves for wanting that. It's been a long history of, you know, communities of color and, and disenfranchised communities to be able to be at the table. So, you know, the timeline of tomorrow, well, it's not really tomorrow. We're talking about we've been waiting for a long time for these solutions to, to be put in place and, and cannot cannot undermine that approach at all because that's what keeps us on our toes That's what keeps us moving forward. That's what keeps us accountable, you know, both both in the community and in the government. Um, And along with that, I think I've also heard and with my EJ counterparts or EJ allies is that, yes, and we need to be thoughtful and we need to make sure that the solutions we're proposing are doable, implementable and sustainable into the future. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time. And as you know, you know, government process, legal issues, there's all kinds of things that come into play. Mm-hmm. So I think it's both. We have to make sure to keep ourselves moving um, on this trajectory and not lose sight of the fact that it's been many years to get here and we need to move quickly because communities are the ones that are suffering in the most having the health impacts our children are and we want to solve those quickly and at the same time we want to do it right we want to do it the best way possible and I feel that's my job in a way is to be able to learn what are the avenues inside be able to share that with the EJ community and other community members and also bring EJ community perspectives and say well why not why not this why can't we do this and make sure that the reasons we can't do it are real Right and fundamental. Um, And that's the way we're going to make progress. And who do I lean on? You know, it's the same folks that I've always leaned on. It's, you know, the elders in the community who have been doing this work. It's um, fellow researchers who have been grinding away at this, sometimes um, at the expense of their own careers, sometimes not. Um, And it's also, I have to say, What has been really great about being at CEQ is seeing the level of energy and vision um, that I see many of our folks coming into. You know, positions, the positions, the federal government looks totally different. You see, you see at the Department of Energy, you see at the White House, you see at Department of Transportation, you see at Department of Labor, you see people who have been out doing this work and are now inside the administration. And I think us working together is gonna be, make a huge impact.
0: Dr. Martinez, I wanna give you the last word um, as we close out here. What do you want the people to know um, that we haven't discussed, or what will you want to have accomplished at the end of these four years?
1: Wow, I haven't been asked that question before, Rev, so that's a really good one. Um, First of all, I just want to say, look, and I I mentioned this at the beginning, it's people like you, it's people like, you know, Jose Bravo, Dr. Wright, Peggy Shep, all of these folks, Dr. Bullard, who have been working on these issues for some time. Um, I don't want to in any way ever say, that um, my role is an individual role. It's a community role. The community has made this happen. And so that's what makes me very proud and honored and privileged to be able to be in this position. And I also know that it carries an immense amount of responsibility. So the continued conversation, the continued engagement, the continued involvement is critical. Um, And then what do I wanna see in four years? Wouldn't it be amazing if this Justice40 initiative, which is literally billions of dollars, um, (laughs) um, sees a transformative uh, community in our communities, that all our communities are benefiting, that, that the lead that has been poisoning our children is no longer in existence, that the air quality that many of our our children have to experience asthma, that that is no longer in place, that our community has living wage jobs, wonderful green spaces, doesn't have to worry about how they're going to get to work because they don't have transportation, that our fence line communities don't have to shelter in place every other week. I mean, those are the things, those are the real life things that we need to make a difference on. That's what I'm committed to. And I know... I you know you are, too, and um, it, that's what it's going to take, right?
0: Thank you so much. Um, that's Dr. Cecilia Martinez, senior Director for Environmental Justice at the CEQ. She's our guest today, and I am Rev Yearwood, your host of The Coolest Show. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit TheCoolestShow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's The Coolest Show, you know.